text this evening is the verse 15. And we're just going to take the first part of verse 15. My times are in thy hand. My times are in thy hand. Let us seek the Lord for prayer. Father in heaven, we come into your holy presence. We pray you would speak to us through your word and through your truth. And may we hear your voice tonight. In the Savior's name we ask all of this. Amen. Amen. Time. What is time? Well, we know that there are three tenses where time is concerned. There is a past and there is a present and there is a future. The past, we have absolutely no control over the past. The past has gone, becomes a memory. We cannot change what has taken place there, and we cannot change anything that has taken place in the year 2023. But the future too is beyond our control. It's uncertain. It's unpredictable. We do not know what lies ahead as the hymn that we were singing there outlined. The present. We feel we have some control over the present. We like to think that we have control. But what is the present? Certainly, we make decisions in the present, decisions that can have ramifications for the future, and so there is the sense in which we do have some control. And we do have some responsibility, that is true. But yet, what is the present? The present is just that fleeting second that it's gone. And suddenly we're in the future, and we're in the future again, and that second is gone, and it's gone, and it's gone. And so we're caught up in this stream, this river, and that's what time is. It's a river, it's a current. And we're constantly being moved through that current. At times, that river is peaceful and joyous. The sun is shining. It's calm. At other times, it's fierce and tempestuous. And there's a wind blowing, and the rain is falling, and the river is shallow, and the rocks are looming. Every river goes through different landscapes. It meanders its way from the hills to the sea, and it passes through rough rapids, and then it passes through places of relative calm. But it's on the move all the time. And that's a picture of our lives, because we're on this stream, this stream that really we're part of. We didn't choose to be in this stream. We're placed here. And as we're in this stream, and as we're caught up in this river of time, the changes, they come, and they go. And I suppose that's what time is. Time is full of change. It's full of uncertainty. At times it's full of laughter. At other times it's full of tears. And there's happiness and there's sorrow. And sometimes we have it all at one and the same time. David here in this psalm was facing the troubles of time. And as we have read the psalm together, I'm sure you were struck by this. The problems that the psalmist had. Problems that inspired him, 
moved as he was by the Spirit of God, but yet the Spirit of God used his circumstances to pen the words. That's how it is in many of the Psalms. They were penned in days of deep adversity. In the verse 4, he said, Pull me out of the net that they have laid for me. In verse 10, he said, For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. In verse 11, he is a reproach among all his enemies and especially among his neighbors. And he's a fear even to those that are his acquaintances. And everyone that sees him flees from him. You get a sense of his loneliness, of his betrayal, of the fact that he was let down by people whom he thought would have been there for him. There is slander against him in the verse 13. And there are those that are devising, conspiring to take away his life. He describes himself in this psalm as a dead man on a broken vessel. Do you see that in verse 12? I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. And so David is facing all kinds of problems, all kinds of hardship, all kinds of turmoil. Yet in the midst of it all, he expresses these words of tremendous faith in the verse 15. My times are in thy hand. All of these circumstances were in the hands of the Lord, and that gave him great confidence moving forward. And that's how it is with us. As we look into our past, we know that all of our times, they're there in the hands of God. And as we look forward to the future, we know that's how it's going to be. But yet it is only the child of God, the person that has put their faith in Jesus Christ, that can have that sense of peace. And so there's a gospel challenge here as well, as well as a word of consolation for those who are the children of the Lord. And so there's two things I want us to think about. I want us to think, first of all, about providence, the providential placement of time in God's hand. By the providence of God, all of our times are in the hands of God. And there are two words here, certainty and care. So what's the certainty? We live in a world of uncertainty, but it's only uncertain as far as we are concerned. Nothing is uncertain with God. Everything is certain and sure with God. In the book of Proverbs chapter 16 and the verse 33, we read, The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. People deciding what to do by casting lots. The lot is drawn out. No one quite knows where the lot is going to fall. But the disposing of that lot is in the hand of the Lord. There is no chance with God. There is no good luck, no bad luck with God. There is no fortune and no misfortune with God. All is under the certainty of His providence. That's what we are being taught here. We are not cast adrift on the winds of time and the currents of chance. Fate is not the arbiter of our existence. The pagans talked about fate. That's the way so many people talk about their lives today. 
They use words like luck and chance and fate to describe what's going to happen. But that's not the arbiter of our existence. The providence of God, that is in control on all of our days and all of our hours. And God's providence has been there throughout 2023, and it will be throughout 2024 as well. If the story of our lives is like an orchestra, the sound is perfect. The melody is beautiful. It's a grand movement made up of somber notes, but yet joyful notes at the same time. And in it all, there is beauty. Because God has composed the music, He has directed the orchestra. We are under His wise providence. You think of how David used this phrase, my times are in thy hand. You think of what he says. I think of a hand that arranges, a hand that plans. You think of a, a skillful hand. I think of a, a powerful hand. I think of the hand of God Himself. I think of the hands that place the stars into space, the hands that cause the sun to burn and give us light and life. I think of the hands that planted the grass and the hands that causes the roses to blood and give the, to bud and give their beautiful flower and produce their wonderful scent. I think of the, the hands of God and the skill that is in His hand, the power that is in His hand, the wisdom that is in His hand, and yet the delicacy that's in His hand as well. And I think of how He arranges every detail of our lives and everything is perfect, because as for the Lord, His way is perfect. And so we can rest on His providence. But whenever we think of the certainty of God's providence, we must also think of the care of His providence. God's hand is not only a powerful hand and a wise hand and a skillful hand, but God's hand is a, a caring hand. It's the hand of a father a father who is ever careful to watch out for his people, a hand that guards, that shelters, that shades. We're under the very shadow of that hand, and yet we think of that hand, and whose hand is it that always cares for us today? It is the nail-pierced hand of Jesus Christ. And then those wounds that he still bears to this very day in His glorified body those wounds that are the constant reminder of the atonement and of His sufferings. We are taught that He loves us ever so much. One writer from old times, he said, the hand of Jesus is the hand which rules our times. He regulates our life clock. Christ for us, Christ in us, my time's in His hand. My life can be no more in vain than my Savior's life was in vain. And that little quote reminds us that the Christian is at one with Jesus Christ. We have died with Christ on yonder cross, and we have been raised with Him in the power of His resurrection, and we're seated with Him at the right hand of the majesty on high, 
He lives for us, and He reigns over us, and He watches over us, and He's touched with the very feelings of our infirmity, because He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He feels for us as no one else could ever feel for us, as a caring hand, and there's nobody who cares for us like Jesus. And when we are alone, He is right there with us. His hand is never away because our times are in His hand. And if you don't know the Lord, it is our earnest prayer that you would experience this living relationship with Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind. Secondly, I want you to think of personal faith, the personal placement of time in God's hands. And so there is a sense in which God takes our times and puts them in His hands and organizes them and controls them, and He's in charge. But there is also the sense in which we take our times and we entrust them to God. And the two things do not contradict each other. They actually complement each other. And they complement each other because David here is praying. And he's saying to God, my times are in thy hand. He is trusting God with his times. And we personally place our times in God's hands through prayer. We need to learn to trust God with the future. We have many questions. We have many things we can't understand, many things we can't work out. At times we get confused, at times we become bewildered, at times we talk too much, at times we ask too many questions, at times we doubt. But we need to learn that God is in control and prayerfully and in silence. In the Psalm 46, we are told, be still and know that I am God. We need to simply take our times and say, Lord, you're in charge. It's all in your hands. And we can only do that through prayer. We need to learn to trust God with the future. Because is he worthwhile trusting? Is he faithful enough? He is. Is he wise enough? He is. Is he powerful enough? He is. Everything that we think of God, we can trust him. Everything we think of Christ, we can trust him. Therefore, with prayer, we can place all of our times in the hands of God. We need to enjoy an experience, but we can grasp by faith. You see, we need the faith to believe that God is in charge, that God cares, that God's working all things out, that God never makes mistakes, that God's in control. We need the faith to believe that that is so. And when we believe that that is so with all of our hearts, through our experiences, we can rest in His love. The verse 5 really ties in with the text, into thine hand I commit my spirit. 
This too is a prayer. The whole psalm is a prayer. Most of the psalms are prayers. And this man who is entrusting his times into the hands of God, he's saying, Lord, I'm committing my spirit to you. This is the sweet and the sacred spirit of surrender. This is a very famous text. These were the words the Lord himself spoke on the cross. He committed his soul into the hands of God. Before he died, into thine hands I commit my spirit. He quoted David's words. As he gave up the ghost, he surrendered all to his father. And his life was a life of surrender. His life was a life of service. His life was a life of giving. Because he gave us all when he gave his life for us. And when he shed that precious blood as the ransom payment for our redemption. But this verse 5 has been quoted by many, many Christians as they have faced death. They are amongst the last words of St. Bernard, John Huss, Jerome of Prague, Martin Luther, Philip Melanchthon, many others. Many face death, quoting these words. Jan Hus, the, the martyr uh, from uh, Bohemia, uh, he was the one, as they were taking him to be burned at the stake, he said, I commit my spirit into thy, thine hands, Lord Jesus. Unto thee I commend my spirit which thou hast redeemed. And brethren and sisters, as we face out into this year, this is something we need to do. Lord, we're committing all to you. We're trusting all to you. We're resting upon you. Christ did this for us at the cross. And so likewise, we give everything into the hands of the Father. All of this year, Lord, take this year and use it to your glory. And how do we do this? We do this by learning to love the Lord more. A Bible commentator Leupold, a Lutheran commentator, said, Faith will not be lost if love keeps burning. If we truly love the Lord, if we have that burning passion for Christ in our souls, the Christ who loved us and gave himself for us, the Christ who so inspired the martyrs, but the Christ who gave himself. If we love him with a burning love, we'll trust him with everything. James Montgomery Boyce said, you can never love God too much, and you can never trust God too much. There's no end to the amount of love we can pour out to God, and our love will always fall short, and, and our trusting will never be quite enough. And our faith will always seem small. But yet it's better to have little faith than no faith. And thank God for little faith. For little faith can grow to become big faith. And if you feel your faith is small, your faith has begun. Well, that's a good thing. Maybe your faith hasn't begun. Maybe your faith hasn't even started. You haven't put your Trust in Christ as your Savior. And that would be the best way to face out into 2024. By coming to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, 
I confess my sin to you. That's the prayer you need to offer. That's the personal faith you need. Lord, I confess that I am a sinner. I'm giving you my life. Save me and forgive me, I pray. The Lord will never turn away the prayer of the sinner. But there's one other thought we have here as we think of personal faith and as we think of this great text. It is peace. When we trust all of our times into the hands of God, there is peace. There'll never be peace if we can't entrust everything into God's hands. But when we learn to just rest on Him, there's peace. And this peace arises because we grow to understand that God is always nearby. We talk about the Lord being only a prayer away. The truth is, He's here. Even when we forget to pray, He's still here. When we fail, He's still here. The Apostle Paul said, the Lord is at hand. And by that he meant the Lord is at my elbow. He's right there by my side. And I believe this is what David meant. My times are in thy hand. When I am a reproach to my enemies, when I'm crying and sighing, when my strength is failing, when I feel like I am a broken vessel, when I'm down as low as I can, you're there, Lord. Even though I don't feel your presence, sometimes we don't feel the Lord's presence. You don't have to feel the Lord's presence for the Lord to be there. The Lord is there whether we feel his presence or not. Because he has promised that that will be the case. Lo, I'm with you always. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We claim these great promises. Every step that we take has been planned by him. Every path that we have gone throughout the past year has been in God's hands. The very fact that God has so ordered it that you should be here tonight. The fact that you are here tonight isn't merely about decisions that you have taken. It isn't merely about the fact that you have got ready and come to church. It's about God who has ordered your steps, who has even put that desire in your mind that you might be in God's house. God has so ordered all of that. And so for that reason, we can say, God is here. He's overseeing every life. He's overseeing every family, overseeing every home, overseeing every circumstance. There's no one that he's not watching over. And therefore, we get this tremendous sense of, of God's presence. And what a happy thing it is to know that He is there. At the very end of the book of Ezekiel, we have this great title for the Lord, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. And He's always there. He's always here. Wherever we go, he's watching over us. Here is the cure for all of our worries. Here is the antidote for all of our fears. Here is the comfort for all of our tears. The one who never leaves us and who never forsakes us. The one who is, to use that other great title that we have for God, Jehovah Jireh. 
the title that Abraham discovered at Mount Moriah, when the ram was caught in the thicket, the Lord will provide, because he is the one who provides for every need according to his riches and glory. And what peace we draw from all of this. What hope we draw from all of this. What confidence we draw from all of this. What an inspiration to be faithful and to go on with God and to honor him because of the grace of his covenant. The one that takes care of our times will also take care of our eternity. Whenever we think of time, we think of that which changes. We think of this river that we're caught in, this stream and this current. But then one day, we reach the estuary and we'll be out into the great ocean of eternity. And the one that takes care of our times will take care of our eternity. Sir Francis Drake, after he had sailed the world, he was coming near the coast of Kent in southern England, coming near uh, Maidstone, and there was a terrible storm blew up. And some of the sailors were afraid. And he said, don't be afraid. We've sailed the seven seas, and we're not going to drown in this ditch. And the ditch was the English Channel. That's how it's going to be for the Christian as we come to the very end. The one that has watched over all of our times will escort us safely over to the other side to be with Christ, which is far better. And what peace there is as we think upon that. What grace. Do you have that hope tonight? If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, we think of New Year's Eve, we think of the end, the end of a year. It's only the turn of a calendar. It's only the midnight hour. There's something very symbolic about it. One day the end of life will come. How will it be with your soul? How will you fare whenever you reach the river of death? Is it well with your soul? Is it? Have you peace with God through Jesus Christ? Is our prayer tonight that you would come to Jesus and find that new life in him. Let us bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for the peace that arises because our times are in thy hands. For the grace that that brings and the hope that that brings. We thank you for a great and a vast God who watches over us. We pray for those that do not know thee. There would be a getting right with the Lord tonight. A lifting of the soul to Christ giving of the life to the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Write your word upon every heart for Christ.